Hey, football fans, welcome back to the Super Syntex High School Football Friday Night Lights podcast. As usual, I'm here with Waco Trip Sports Editor Bryce Cherry. I'm Chad Conine. Bryce, it's another week of high school football. How do you feel about it? Uh, any time you have Friday Night Lights, uh, it's fun. We love it. Uh, it's probably my favorite night of the week, honestly. Yeah, and that's saying a lot because you have to really grind on Friday night, kind of pulling together all those scores there in the office. True that. So, it, it is the one time these days that I uh, just, you know, showing people a little bit how the sausage is made. It's the one mm-hmm. night I do actually spend in the office uh, in our Tribune Herald facility. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a change of pace and uh i usually eat well on friday nights i find <laughs> somewhere good yeah, around those options right there yeah right? there's a lot of options yeah. so um well uh this friday night um of course uh over at waco isd stadium they will be inducting leroy coleman into the waco isd athletics hall of fame very deserving honor for for that man uh i was talking to one of his sons Carl and I, and I told him that I've been doing this for 20 years and you've been doing it for longer than that. And we would both say that Coach Coleman is probably the nicest man we've ever encountered doing this job. No doubt. I, I was actually just doing a radio interview with Tom Barfield and he asked me about Coach Coleman as well. And and I said, he belongs to the nice guy Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and we know what they say about nice guys, the cliche, nice guys finish last. At the same time, Leroy's Leroy Coleman's football legacy uh, stacks up there with a lot of people, you know, Uh, really the last time university was good, you know, really Mm -hmm. good was when he was coaching them and Mm -hmm. uh, coached some really good teams, had some great moments in the playoffs and produced a fair amount of talent too. I mean, guys like LaDainian Tomlinson, Wayne Rogers, Parrish Cox, you know, uh, guys that, uh, certainly in LT and Parrish's case, went on to play in the, in the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Ladanian's in the Hall of Fame. Um, and I did say this on uh, the radio as well. Um, you know, think about Leroy Coleman's legacy. He uh, played high school football with Mean Joe Green, and he coached Ladanian Tomlinson, two guys in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's not bad guys to rub shoulders with. Not at all. Not at all. And, and you know, he, he's almost like kind of uh, <clears throat> one of those low profile guys that you'd almost like to have a biography of him because I was talking to his wife, Geraldine, uh, this morning for the story. And I don't know how much I'll be able to use this in the story. Uh, it's, it's one of those great details that you would have to make the whole story about this in a way. But, you know, she met coach Coleman I think in 1983 or they were married in 1983 and she met him you know before then but but he was already the head coach at university and she said she was not a sports fan when she met him and here is this man who's like just spending hours and hours and hours a week watching film doing what coaches do and and what she told me was that after coach Coleman got married life got a lot easier for his assistant coaches because before he got married he would just watch film like endlessly. Like he would just be working on his team endlessly, you know? And, uh, and he described to me, you know, and I asked him what some of the biggest differences were. And, you know, when he first started, he'd get one of these big projectors out 
and uh, he put the film and he told me they had to learn how to splice the film together. If you know how the film when we were in kids, you know, sometimes it would just burn up, you know, so they'd have to learn how to splice it back together. He said when they got VHS, they thought that was the greatest thing in the world. They didn't have to splice the film back together anymore. And oh, then yeah. he was talking about when his boys were young, they'd be sitting on his lap and he'd be there with the clicker and just going back and forth watching films, which is kind of kind of old school thing you think of with coaches and, and watching film. And these days you just you just click a mouse and watch all the highlights and, and, and plays and film you want to. Um, but that, that was a great image uh of him and, and it was great talking to his wife about you know sort of his um his journey through coaching and then kind of following up with him and talk with carl his son i'm going to try to give kobe uh, his other son a call his uh son kobe was quarterback in 2002 which is when i'm kind of focusing on that team a little bit because they uh went eight and five went to the third round of the playoffs and uh you know they they finished second in district and then beat uh, number eight ranked Terrell in the first round. And then the second round, they go, they go play Palestine, Adrian Peterson's junior year, beat them, and then go on and, and, and they played uh, Wiley in the third round and lost a close game against Wiley. And that was, that was the end of that run. But um, I think since then, uh, University has, I think, won one playoff game uh, in you know, the 19 years. And I, was, I texted you yesterday. You know, uh, when when Coach Coleman retired, they had 243 pro wins in program history as of the end of the 2007 season. As we sit here today, four weeks into 2021, they had 273 wins. So yeah, they've had a dry spell for sure since since Coach Coleman uh, left. Um, and you know, they had a long losing streak, so that certainly didn't help their uh, their win total. But mm -hmm. um, you know, you mentioned the the thing about uh, that Geraldine said, where you know he uh, he might have started spending a little less time watching film once he got married and had kids and stuff. Uh, that doesn't really surprise me. One that you know uh, that he was that devoted to football before, but two that he made that easy transition to becoming more of a family man. Because when I think of Leroy Coleman, I think of a guy that invested so much in kids and just wanted to see them succeed in life, not just football. And I think if you talk to, you know, his former players, they would all talk about the impact that, you know, he made on their lives. And, and, um, you know, the other thing that just always will strike me about Leroy Coleman is just that smile. You know, mm -hmm. every time you see him, He's just like, hey, how you doing? You know, right, right, like, right, you can, right. You can see him, uh, you know, two days in a row, and it would still be like, you know, he hadn't seen mm -hmm. you in ten years, and how you doing? And you know, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that's just Leroy Coleman. He's got a genuine heart of gold, and uh, really happy for him. Uh, you know uh, that he's getting this honor on Friday. Yeah, I'll share another story. I don't. I don't think we can go too long on Leroy Coleman. I mean, I think. I think the material is there. You know, it could just be the whole podcast, uh, for that matter. But um, he's such a nice guy. In fact, he complimented my beard today, which nobody ever compliments my beard, <laughs> unless it's a waitress that wants a bigger tip. You know. Uh, but uh, uh, so he's such a nice guy that you think, how does this guy get? You know these guys to play this nasty game of football and, and, and be the kind of brutes they need to be on the field 
some of the time, you know, and uh, Carl was telling me, you know, this great thing that, I, that you can totally see and understand that, you know, in practice, whenever, um, and, and, and Carl said he's taken this into his own coaching, in practice, sometimes, you know, you jump on a kid, you're hard on a kid, you know, you're all over a kid for all day during practice. And he said whenever that would happen, uh, Coach Coleman would make a point of before that kid left the field house going and saying something encouraging to him. And that, and so that's kind of, you can see that dichotomy. Once he gets into business, he's going to be all about business. But then once the work is done, he's going to make sure that kid knows that he's cared, cared about and cared for. So. Yeah. That's a, a, to me, that's just the sign of a good leader, you know, mm-hmm. is someone who can offer that constructive criticism because that's what it is. I mean, he's just wanting to make that kid better, you know, show him mm-hmm. what he, where he screwed up, you know, and then, uh, you know, but before the end of the day, uh, remind them, you know, how much they mean to them and, and uh, you know, the, the positive side of it, you know, the productive side of it. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a great way to lead. And, and certainly he's still doing it as an assistant coach at La Vega, uh, still, you know, coaching some pretty dead gum good offensive lines these, these last mm-hmm. few years. He loves I'm sure he talked to you about this, but mm-hmm. uh, the gig that he's got right now, because all he does is show oh, up yeah. and coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about the difference between head coaching and being an assistant. And then, of course, you know, they had that peg. They know they know what that is. Okay, so making a transition now into uh, uh, continuing to talk about Coach Coleman, but also a couple other guys. And, and uh, one of my favorite bands, Drive By Truckers, has a, a song called The Three Alabama Icons, right? Okay. And so I got uh, I, I I dubbed them the three Central Texas icons, right? Which Coach Coleman, Leroy Coleman at University, Johnny Tuesday at Waco High, and Kim Bachelor at Midway. And those three, you know, and three biggest schools in the area, and they held down those jobs from uh, around '85 or '86 in Tusa and Bechtel's cases. Actually, yeah, '86, maybe '87. Uh, Coach Coleman from 81, I believe, on at university. And they were all there up through, uh, I think, uh, Coach Coleman moved on in 07. Uh, and then Coach Bechtel and maybe Coach Tusa both after the 09 season. Or Coach Tusa might have been a year before that. Anyway, into the 2000s without, you know, getting into the specifics uh, and not doing better research on my part. But <laughs> a long time for all three of them. Uh yeah, I mean, just your thoughts on on the three Central Texas icons and and, and what they kind of meant to the local landscape. Yeah, of course, they were the the guys at each of those three schools when I got to Waco uh, in 1998 and got to know each of them, I would say, very well. To me, I've always said Kent and Leroy were like peas in a pod in terms of you know, you could have a would have had a contest of who's the nicest guy you've ever met, and they might have mm-hmm. finished in a dead heat. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not to say anything disparaging about Johnny Tusa, who I also feel like is a great guy. He just Johnny to me always had a little bit more of an edge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and not in a bad way at all. But uh, you know, I always would do my Bechtel impression. You know, mm-hmm. brass, they're just good kids. They're just mm-hmm. good kids, Bryce. Mm-hmm. We're just not very good. <laughs> 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 Which I don't think he ever said that. But, uh, <laughs> but 
yeah, I mean, um, each of them leaves a lasting legacy at their school. Uh, of course, we lost Kent Bechtel, uh, you know, a couple years back, and, and that was uh, tough for his family and, and everyone really that knew him. Um, did an incredible job there at Midway through, uh, through an era where um, they hadn't had maybe some of the, the urban sprawl yet, you know, where they had mm -hmm. kids moving in from some different districts and um, and once Midway was able to, to get more of those kids um, you saw some of their athletic uh, ability kind of climb and they made some deeper runs. And so, um, but he did a great job. Uh, Johnny Tusa at Waco high. We talked about him. He went into the Waco ISD hall of fame earlier this year. And it's cool how I think they've done it with, Johnny going in on a night when Waco High was playing. Uh, and then, of course, Leroy going in on, I think they're calling it the Ladanian Tomlinson Classic on Friday night or something like that. Oh, I didn't, was not aware of that. I'll have to check into that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. believe it's that's what they're calling this game. So, uh, you know, a, a neat way to do it, basically, to have Johnny there on a Waco High night and Leroy there on a university night because they're both synonymous with those schools. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it, if you could make a movie of it or just kind of like sort of this cool kind of gritty uh, idea that that uh, Coach Coleman, who, you know, has bad knees and doesn't get along real well, I mean, doesn't get, get around real well some, some of the time, kind of kind of slow moving, uses a cart a lot on the practice field. He'll go out there on Friday night, get that award, you know, and he'll probably have to ride a golf cart back up, you know, to, to the uh, – parking lot and everything but then the next morning he'll get himself to the airport in Waco he's going to fly down to Corpus Christi or actually have to fly to Dallas you know switch flights fly to Corpus Christi and then coach a game on Saturday until Vega plays Corpus Christi Carroll I think uh so you know that's that's a perfect picture of a high school football coach isn't it yeah no doubt no doubt I mean uh and He's never been one, probably all three of those guys have been always humble enough to not be uh, people that, that hogged the credit. Um, so I'm sure he'll, you know, be a little bit sheepish about, uh, you know, the ceremony on Friday night, but certainly worthy to be, uh, to be honored. And, uh, and then, like you said, go get on a plane and get back to the grind. I mean, that's what he knows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. So those were the kind of icons their era, not to leave out anybody. You know, there's been a lot of coaches that had long tenures and were during that period. But uh, so now, you know, you have different eras of high school football. And I love, you know, that I love going through the microfilms and looking back through different years and seeing, you know, Friday, Saturday papers, who was good that year and who was playing meaningful games that we were covering. Uh, obviously, we're in, we're in an era now when, when Martin LaVega sort of defined the era. But, uh, any, anybody else you would kind of put in that category of, of who defines, you know, this 2021, this kind of right in the middle of the COVID era kind of kind of deal? Defining the era right now? Yeah, that we're in. You know, I think uh, you might throw Lorena into that mix. Uh, mm -hmm. And certainly they haven't made – 
quite the runs that uh, La Vega and Mart have in terms of getting to state championship games and that kind of thing and, and winning state. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll see how this year turns out because they've been consistent though. Yeah, they've been consistent. And the thing that I would say is they've been resilient. Uh, I think they exemplify their head coach. I think uh, in Ray Biles, I think he's a guy that always, I feel like has maximized, um, you know, every ounce of talent he's given. And when mm-hmm. he's got a team that has a little bit more talent, they do pretty stinking well. And mm-hmm. um, I think this is a team um, this year. I mean, let's just put it out there. They have the chance to not lose again. Um, sure. You know, will they, will that happen? Obviously, you know, there's a lot of good teams out there and and they could get beat on a, on a night sometime in late November, early December, but, mm-hmm. but do they have the chance to play all the way to Christmas and win them all? Heck yeah, they do. I mean, and, and certainly uh, they've challenged themselves in the non-district portion of their schedule. And like I said, to me, they're just resilient. And if you want a team that exemplifies resiliency in the COVID era, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think that's what you want. And so, Lorena, throw them into the mix. Uh, you might throw the Crawford Pirates into that mix along with Martin LaVega. Um, well, and the Bell family at China Spring. So, certainly. Yeah. the gap, that previous era to this era, you know, going from Mark to Brian. Yeah, and a, another team I think we're going to keep our eye on for the rest of this year because mm-hmm. uh, they're playing lights out. I mean um, – and got a little love. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, from Texas football, uh, there was a tweet where uh, it showed a play from China Springs game this past week. And it was like, watch this. This is the kind of effort you need. And it was a guy who'd gotten beat at the line of scrimmage on defense and then hustled back and didn't give up on the play and made like a strip you know, of the ball and trying to spring, got it back. Uh, I guess that would have been Isaiah Williams. It might've been, it might've been Isaiah Williams. It, who, it, didn't, want- it didn't say in the tweet. It just, yeah. it put a little arrow on him and, uh, and he, you know, ran after the guy, didn't give up on the play. And when I first saw that tweet from Texas football, I was like, that looks like China spring and those powder blue uniforms. <laughs> and it was so. Well, I know uh, he had a fumble recovery, a, f- a forced fumble, and an interception return for a touchdown. He was our WacoTrib.com Defensive Player of the Week. And uh, anybody watching this podcast just now, no, have fun voting on that thing. Do not email us about it. <laughs> we will not answer your voting questions, okay? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a little bit, first of all, out of yours and my hands. We don't have really any uh, – any right. say in, or any we don't do anything for that poll right. uh right. Our, our web guy win emmons you want to email win uh i guess knock yourselves out i'm sure win's hating me saying that right now but uh <laughs> but yeah let's put it this way if if i tweet something about ted lasso and you want to email me about that then i might be inclined to respond to that and certainly more inclined to respond to that than I would be about the WacoTrip.com uh, player of the week poll. Sure. Absolutely. Hey, that brings me to my next topic. <laughs> you, very you, smooth. You watched, very you, smooth. you watched Netflix, huh? I said very smooth. Yeah, it was really smooth. 
you watch Netflix, right? You, you watch, watch Netflix. Uh, you, uh, you don't have Apple TV, though. I don't. I have Netflix. I have Amazon Prime, Prime TV, but you get some stuff on that. Uh, right. But I don't have the Apple Plus. I've heard many, many good things about Ted Lasso. Would really like to watch it, but obviously I have not seen it. So. Well, you know, I think you get a free week's trial, but you, you're going to have to pick a not as busy time of year to, to do it. Because to really binge all there's of There's two seasons now. There's 20-something episodes, and so I don't know that you could get through them in a week. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to wait until a little bit slower time, maybe January. Maybe, or if you get quarantined again, maybe you maybe you watch it then. Yeah, right? we don't want that. <laughs> don't want that. It's not worth it. Um, so, uh, but... The reason I ask and the reason I put TV talk in here to, to finish up today is, is it's the first Wednesday night. And this is exciting for me. I'm probably the only one, you know, in the newsroom or whatever that, that we know. But I love the Chicago TV shows on NBC. Chicago, Chicago P, PD in particular, is, I think is a great show. Chicago Fire has turned into a little bit of a soap opera. I'm not as big a fan, but I'll watch it. You know, there's attractive people on it so i'll watch that show anyway their first that first episodes are tonight uh you got any tv shows like that that you know actually have a fall season that, that you get into yes absolutely and one quote unquote new one that uh i already have set up my youtube tv to uh I guess you record, know, yeah. record or whatever. Because you've cut the you must have cut the cable, right? I did. I cut the cable or uh I'm on the the streaming with with a lot of people, but uh mm -hmm. so is the Wonder Years. I wanna oh, for sure. I wanna see for the sure. Wonder Years reboot. The Wonder Years, the original, probably my favorite show in, of all time. Um love 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 the wonder years uh used to watch it religiously uh on into college uh there was a guy on my dorm room hall that i'm really good friends with we were in each other's weddings uh dave who would record every episode on you know vhs, on VHS you know, yeah uh and yeah so I, i'm interested to see this new uh adaptation of the wonder years I don't think it's like Kevin and Winnie. I think it's new characters uh, with Don Cheadle, I think, as the uh, narrator. As the narrator. Right, yeah. right, right. So that should be I'm, – I'm interested to see that. Uh, shows that I've already been watching that uh, I'll be, uh, you know, interested to watch again um, are New Amsterdam, which is like a hospital show. Um, okay, okay. Uh, they got a little, That's on NBC as well, I think. NBC yeah, they has like 14 PG. hospital shows. I got a little preachy last year and I didn't, you know, there was a lot of social uh, justice type um, plot lines that I thought they went a little overboard with. Uh, right. But, um, but I like that show. Uh, you know, it's a good hospital show. And then um, uh, this is us. I don't know if you have ever watched that. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good drama. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good drama. Uh, it's it's too much for me. It's too saccharine. Yeah, it's like I. It, it's maybe the same thing with Friday Night Lights. I just can't do do that to myself emotionally every week. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, when the dad, I'm not. If anybody's watching, spoiler alert. When the dad Jack uh, 
when they showed how he died, that was that was rough. That was a couple, maybe a season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not interested. Not yeah. interested. <laughs> anyway, those ones, and then maybe on a lighter, uh, a lighter scale. Um, again, these are all network shows. I do watch a lot of stuff on Netflix and stuff too. But uh, there's a show called American Housewife. Um, th- that's a comedy. It's a, it's a basically okay. old school sitcom. But the uh, the lady who I'm her name escapes me who plays the lead character in it. Um, very funny, and um, that shows. I, well, I've been watching that basically since it started, and it's probably in its about fifth season now. She's really funny. Katie Otto is her character's name, um, and it's uh, it's basically about uh a family that lives in this very snooty, affluent, uh, like Connecticut type um, area. And she's a lot more, I wouldn't say white trash, but like, um, <laughs> but certainly more middle class uh, oriented. Um, they must have some money uh, to live there, but, um, but she's just like, you know, I can't, I can't put up with all these rich people. Kind of like Roseanne in Highland Park or something like that. Yeah. Or kind of the inverse of uh, Shit's Creek. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can we say oh, that? Oh, right. Yeah. Can we yeah, say I that on, you. you know, I, I guess we can say that. It's the name of the show. It's on network yeah, television. We're not names on cable television. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Ted Lasso might as well have been a character created specifically for Bryce Cherry. I have got to watch this show. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I really want to watch it. So maybe I'll watch and, and, it. And the same way, in the same way, as much as Ted Lasso is a character created just for you, I feel like Roy Kent on that show is a character created just for me. Okay. So you'll understand that once you start watching. I'm going to say something else here. So you were very early on The Office. Um. To some, yeah, to some extent, yeah. You you were you were on it before a lot of people I knew, and uh, I remember you and um, what was the trib reporter who covered uh, rodeo for us? She was oh, Aaron Quinn. Aaron Quinn. Uh, <laughs> you and Aaron were talking about the office one time, and I was sitting there, and and I I hadn't watched it much yet, or I, I probably not at all. I, I love the office now. Um, and, uh, and you tried to say something like, well, Bryce is just Dwight. And I was like, look, dude, I know enough to know Dwight's a friggin' dork. <laughs> I, was, I was all mad. At <laughs> oh, you. I said you were Dwight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You were, you were, uh, I think trying to build yourself up to Aaron, first of all, uh, <laughs> by calling me Dwight. <laughs> but <laughs> I got mad at you. Cause I was like, I'm not Dwight. <laughs> so anyway, you well, know, the interesting thing, uh, Steve if, Fontenot, if you came for high school football, I hope you checked out 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any way to bring it back, but you remember Steve Fontenot, right? Yeah. The copy editor, right? Yeah. He was, he was the dude that when I was into the office, like you think I was an early adapter for the office. He was that like snobby guy that was like, oh, well, it's not as good as the British office, you know. And you know what? I recently, I mean, within the last two weeks, uh, found the British office on one of my streaming platforms. 
And and I already I've read books about the office. I already knew that the uh, the pilot of both episodes were were like a shot for shot. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Replication. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I sat down and, and, and put on the pilot for the British office and I was just like, meh, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe I, I realize it's the inspiration for the, the American one, but. Well, see, the, the thing about the British office is you have to watch it with subtitles or you won't understand any of the dialogue. That that's fair. I, the I other probably, thing is, I probably should have done that because you do get lost sometimes with the accent. Right. And then the other thing is um, the boss in the British office, who's David Brent, is way more cringy than Michael Scott. Michael Scott like they, had some, some cringy moments. Right. But they compared to David Brent, they softened Michael Scott up and made him. Lovely. Yeah, and it's one thing uh, in this one book I read about the office that they talked about was when the office really kind of I think found its groove is when they started to humanize Michael a little bit more and, and make him a little softer, uh, make him like not just the jerk but the guy that really sort of like craves everyone's attention, you know? Right, right. All right, so that's the Super Syntax <laughs> Television podcast for the week. <laughs> Next week we'll dive into literature for you. I guess so. Uh, Look out we, for the uh, Leroy Coleman feature. I'm when are we doing the food podcast? Because I'm all in for the food podcast. You yeah, actually, we need to do like just rotate food, TV, music, you know, books. Right. Uh, so, all right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Hope you enjoyed it. That's all, folks. <laughs> all right.